Hello, and welcome to Calming the Chaos, where we present tips, tools, and techniques to help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, licensed mental health counselor at Lokahi Counseling. This channel and the Calming the Chaos podcast is for those who want self-help and education. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. So if you like the information, please subscribe to my channel and share it with your friends. Thanks so much for listening. And now, let the chaos begin. This episode of Calming the Chaos, I interview Elizabeth Cush, better known as Biz Cush. And she is a licensed clinical professional counselor. She is a podcaster. She's a blogger. She has her own private counseling practice in Annapolis, Maryland. And today we are going to be talking about worry and chaos. Her podcast is called Women Worriers. We're going to be talking about what people are worried about, how worry can cause even further chaos, and some tips and tools and techniques to help you manage your chaos when you are worried, especially if you are a woman. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Biz Cush. Hey Biz, welcome to Calming the Chaos. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate the opportunity to be a guest, although <laughs> I think I find it easier to be a host on the podcast, but I, le- I, I I just appreciate your asking and thank you so much for having me on. Well, I wouldn't be so modest if I were you. You do have a lot of podcasts that you've been on as a guest, and some of them are Sacred Psychology, Women in Depth, The Practice yeah. of Being Seen, Selling the Couch with yeah. Melvin. yeah. Yeah. Soul-filled sisterhood, the therapy show. That's with yeah. Lisa Mustard, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hypnotize me. That's another one you've been on, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Liz Bonnet. She's great. I love. Yeah. I love her uh, whole energy. But yes, I have been on a lot. But each time I say yes, I'm always like, oh, <laughs> I would rather just be, you know, the one asking the questions. But I, I'm totally great being here. So thank you. Well, yeah, this is more like having a conversation. So that's the way I run my podcast is just to be able to have a conversation with a fellow colleague. And for you, we are at opposite ends of this great United States. I don't know if you're near water in Maryland. I am. I am. We are on the coast. So we are in, I'm in Annapolis. So we're uh, right off the Chesapeake Bay. So yeah, oh, so we're yeah. right there and then close to beaches and stuff too. So the Atlantic Ocean isn't too far away. Right. We are really on polar opposite ends. And because we have the Bud Bay, we have Puget Sound, we have ocean shores and ocean beaches on the Pacific side. So yeah, this is yeah. great. It um, is. It is. It's fun to talk to people in different parts of the country, especially um, in this very challenging time where we can, I just have, even though sort of Zoom conversations and being on screen has, it can be tiring, it's also so connecting and helps me feel like more a part of the world, you know, versus like being so isolated in my little bubble here in Annapolis. Exactly. 
Well, we're going to talk about chaos today, and I hope you're ready for it. And I, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about your work and your podcast, which is called Woman Warriors and People Who Worry and how that can contribute to chaos. Just tell us a little bit about the work you do in those areas. And even if you want to talk about your private practice and anything chaotic that you might be mm -hmm. noticing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I have a private practice here in Annapolis. So anybody in Maryland, I'm licensed here and can see clients here. I'm just about to launch a coaching, a life coaching business for women. So that's exciting. Um, not quite launched yet, but it's coming. And also a podcaster. So got into therapy, being a therapist, because for one, I have experienced therapy myself and the and the benefits and how helpful it is. And I think just at heart, I'm a helper. I think I probably would have been a nurse had I not been a therapist. Um, but I, I struggled with anxiety for a long, long time and learning how to better manage my own internal uh, chaos, if you will, has has really led me to want to help others to to do the same. So, um, that's my focus in my practice is to help worried women, but I help all adults who struggle with stress and anxiety. The podcast is specifically focused at women, focused on women who worry, who are overwhelmed, overstressed, over anxious, and helping them better understand their anxiety, but also help them find ways to manage it in ways in it, you know, using like mindfulness and uh, more less traditional, not medication, although I'm all about medication if you need it to. Um, but just yeah, finding alternative ways to help you manage the stress. So well, I think that's fantastic. And the work that you do is amazing. I've seen examples of it. And actually, you had me as a guest on your show. You were the first person to interview me, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and and yeah. I really appreciated that opportunity as a, an up-and-coming podcaster. And so what would you say that your women, your audience, th th that they're worried about right now? What in, What is on their minds and what are they worried about, do you think? Just kind of shooting off the hip. And I'll tell you a little bit about what I've seen too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the biggest stressors right now for women and for mo a lot of the clients that I'm seeing when there's a, a um, sort of an overwhelming amount of distress, it's interestingly, it's around the, the pandemic and it's about how do I live my life in a way that feels comfortable to me while also not aggravating or pissing off or antagonizing the other people in my life. So whether it's my partner or my family or friends, like if I, as I'll give an example, like, so if I'm choosing to be super, super careful and not going out, not going to restaurants, not like, so here in Maryland, we can restaurants, although it's limited. Um, um, if I'm choosing not to do these things, how am I being perceived by the other people in my life? And there's a lot of conflict. I've, I know of couples who've split up. I know families who have like this divide because certain members want to have gatherings and others don't. Like it's, 
it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. I mean, I would say that's the main thing that I'm seeing right now. Is because of the pandemic and the actually the social aspects of it because and the social pressures, I guess, if, if you want to get that uh, specific about it, because if you see the ultra conservative, like, well, if you want to see me, you're going to have to quarantine for two weeks and then yes. get a positive or a negative COVID test or whatever the requirements are. And then the yeah. other ones are like, I'm not even going to do anything. I'm going to go out there in the world. And if I can get away with not wearing a mask, then I'll do it because, and then there's all those points in between that people are having problems maneuvering. Yeah. And very hard. I think it's really hard for a lot of reasons, but partially because there's been so much conflict in the country around my way is the right way or not like, you know, us versus them sort of attitudes that that amount of conflict is coming into these discussions too, where people are finding it hard to come to compromise. Right. I actually did a live stream on my YouTube channel about conflict last Monday, and we were Mm -hmm. talking about that very thing. So if you have some time and want to listen to it, you don't have to watch it. You can just carry your phone around in your pocket and listen to it. That's kind of what I do with YouTube. But the conflict that comes within even families, especially, I don't know about you, but around the holidays, when families were deciding whether to gather or not, and then saying, well, if we're going to gather, we're going to have to meet these requirements. And then it being really hard for people to meet those requirements. That was a really big deal. And it causes a lot of worry. What What do you think people are in general worried about with the pandemic? I mean, I, I think it depends. I think um, for me personally, my husband has some you know, health issues that make him at greater risk. So we're being extremely careful. Um, I think for other people, it's how they're being perceived in terms of how they're managing it or being judged. Um, But I also think that just the stress of if you are choosing to um, follow some of the stricter guidelines, it's isolating and, and it's hard to feel sort of out of the loop, especially if other people are sort of continuing on living their lives is in a less contained way. Yeah, absolutely. So there's all kinds of worries that can come from it. Just a very individual thing. So, Mm -hmm. and and worried about getting sick. Like, I don't want to, I mean, I've heard people, uh, you know, other therapists, but friends too, people who've died. Like, I don't personally know anyone who's died, but I know people in my circle who know people who have died. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's scary. Yeah, I, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, and let us not forget that we have this pandemic. And so there is that kind of worry that we will die or people we love will die or even that we will be responsible yes. for their deaths because we are being traced back to the source of why they got COVID and died. Yes, yes. I know that's huge for um especially with people who have family members who may be more compromised than others. But yeah, to mm-hmm. feel like it was, that was my biggest fear. I think at the beginning was like, am I going to be the one that's going to bring this home if I'm not careful enough? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's hard. And and I think that because it's gone on for so long, I mean, we're about to enter like a year of of the pandemic, right? And I think 
although we've gotten used to it, I think for a lot of people, they forget that we're still carrying around this um, sort of unknown or undefinable thing, like this worry, like, okay, do I have my mask? Am I doing the right thing? Am I washing my hands enough? So it's there, but we've gotten so used to those precautions that we forget how heavy it is, I think. It's almost like we haven't had time to really process how heavy it is because it happened and it's continuing to happen and we've made these adjustments right. and we can still be worried about the harm that we can cause to our loved ones, the harm that we can actually experience ourselves. Yeah. And, and then there's the, the whole situation with women, especially where they have to change their work patterns. And now if they right. were used to going to the office every day, now they're staying home and the kids are home. I, right. I bet you get a lot of that from your audience right. and also from the people who visit you in private practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The parents, yeah. The parents who are trying to work from home, maybe both parents at home and then having kids at home who are doing online school and managing how difficult that is for the kids to navigate and then also trying to work a full-time job or even a part-time job. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot of stress and, um, causing a lot of conflict at times too for families, right? You know, who's who's responsible for the kids getting online and, you know, checking in, making sure they're doing what they're doing and also getting their job done. It's hard. And I see sometimes in my practice that the women believe that they're the ones that have to pull it all together. But what I've been actually experiencing since the pandemic is that the men are really stepping up and helping with the kids Mm -hmm. And they are allowing the women in their lives space to be able to do their thing. And then the it's I see a lot of good coming out of it, too. There's a lot of worry because this is a really strange time we're in. But I also see families working together and trying to accommodate more, especially families with kids. I don't know if that's what you've been seeing, but I've, I've been seeing some good come of it. Yeah, definitely. And And I mean, not to say that. I mean, I don't want to say that I'm happy there was a pandemic because it's very stressful and it's and so many people are sick and dying. But for me, it's offered an opportunity to sort of recognize what I want to bring back into my life when things open up again. It sort of helped me rethink what the other chaos was before this, you know, what we were, the doing, 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 the busyness, the and kind of the more quiet, slower lifestyle actually has helped me a little bit identify what, and I'm seeing that for some clients too. And yes, too, couples finding new ways to cooperate and co-parent and be together at home, for sure. Yeah. Figuring out what the chaos was before the pandemic. Gosh, when you said that, mm -hmm. I was thinking, I can't even remember, but then you said the doing, 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 and I was like, oh yeah, that's right. It was the rushing around to get this done and that done and this, and we were rushing around trying to accomplish things. And yeah. then when we were forced to slow down, like you said, I'm not going to say it's, it's a great thing that we had the pandemic, but we can learn some lessons from it. Now we had this chance to 
okay, everything's kind of shut down. And then what do we do? And how do we cope? And how do we live together? And we do find, I think, our minds find ways to find chaos if we're used to struggling with anxiety as well, don't you think? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, we find other things to worry about or to uh, add to our plates. I know um, I've seen some uh, women, you know, either feeling guilty that they're not exercising enough or they've brought exercise into their life like threefold because they're at home and suddenly now like it's perfect time to kick my butt to get in, into mm-hmm. shape if I'm home. Um, same thing with work, you know, either, and I'm sure there are gradients of this too, but when it's most stressful, either feeling, making, having a difficult time motivating to approach work or working nine hours a day because they're at home and they can, you know? So yes, I think we do find ways to bring chaos into our lives. Yes. It just kind of shifts around to another, another realm. So it's not this, but now it, now it's this. And so, yeah, yeah, all of those things, I was getting this mental picture in my mind of a, a woman and what you were saying about the pandemic, bringing out these concerns about body and weight and weight gain, especially, or even the opportunity to get yourself in shape because, hey, we have time. And I work a lot with people who have eating disorders and body image uh, challenges and issues, and I'm a certified eating disorder specialist. So I see a lot of both ends of that. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because you see it too, even though you don't specialize in that area, it's a common problem that people, that women have with their own bodies. Oh, for sure. And I, I, yeah, I actually had a conversation with a um, eating disorder specialist, but she's also a diet registered dietitian, I think, um, two weeks ago, but just talking about, yes, women and, and finding ways to accept or love our bodies, no matter what they're looking like. And, and, and the fact that everybody's body shape is different, that we by continuing to diet and exercise and push ourselves to be a certain way, we're just creating this cycle that we can't sustain. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's hard. And I know I gained weight over the through this pandemic because my one of my coping mechanisms is chocolate. I love candy, so <laughs> I was ordering in boxes of really good chocolate to help me feel better. But. Uh, and, you know, just having to recognize that things are going to shift. And, and, and you know, if at this time in my life, this is what's helping me feel more uh, settled, mm-hmm. and then I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And when, when you are using that to cope and you're okay with your coping, then what I say is, if it's not a problem, it's not a problem. We don't need to be talking about it. The only thing I want to know is what kind of chocolate do you recommend? (laughs) (laughs) So, well, for Christmas, my mother sent me like a two pound box of C's candy, which I know are from out there on the West coast, Mm -hmm. but there's another, um, one of my husband's clients gave him a box of, I think they're called Engstrom, E-N-G-S-T-R-O-M. They're from the middle of the country. Amazing. I would say they're even better than C's. 
So better than C's. C's yeah. has been around for since I think the 1800s or whatever, whenever they first started making chocolate. But uh, yeah. yeah, wow, Ingstroms. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, so good. So, and you can order them online and they deliver it right to your door. They do. <laughs> well, and so what I know about seeds is they have the, the different varieties. Some of them have little toffee, some of them have nuts, different kind of nuts. Some of them are dark, light, and all that other stuff. What do you think your favorite one is? It, it, not just seeds, but Ingstrom's. If, if you were to say your favorite chocolate coping mechanism is, is what, this is important. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is important for those people out there who are lovers of chocolate. <laughs> what is your go-to for chocolate? Well, I, I love uh, caramel, like uh, chocolate-covered caramel, and I love toffee. So I would say if I could only pick two, it would be dark chocolate-covered caramel or dark, dark chocolate-covered toffee. Yeah. Outstanding. Yeah, my husband is really a big fan of caramel, caramel syrup, uh, ice cream with caramel in it and, oh, and all so that good. other stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> so, <good. laughs> well, so how has the recent political stuff affected your clients and your women warriors and yeah. And, and anybody in general, too, the, the stuff that's been going on with the divide in our nation and the violence at the Capitol, has it been a big issue for your viewers and your clients? For me, I deal a lot with adolescent. I, I have a lot of children clients and they're some of them into politics and some of them aren't. Mm -hmm. But I'm interested in, in what's going on on the East Coast and how people are worried about what's going on in our nation right now. Yeah. Well, we are in Annapolis. We are, I think, east of D.C., so we're pretty close. Um, and I would say the majority of my clients are probably more on the liberal side than the conservative side. So uh, the, the capital... Um, you know, the takeover of the Capitol, that was really triggering for a lot of people. Uh, I have felt just in the community, the amount of stress and worry. So when um, they were certifying, no, when the, the Monday before the inauguration or the Sunday before when there was threats of state capitals being taken over around the country, there were armed guards. So we're, you know, we're the state capital Annapolis is for Maryland. So around the state house and around the governor's uh, mansion, you know, there were armed guards, which you just don't see. And so just that knowing that they were there um, was stressful for me. So I would imagine for my clients as well, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it has not been easy. I would say pandemic, people dying, illness, and then all the political stress, and then the capital uh, takeover. It was, it, it's been tough. I think people are tired, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, it, being in Maryland, I had not even realized Maryland was that close to D.C., but now I'm remembering that your governor, is Annapolis the capital of Maryland? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm in a capital city too. So there's another thing we have in common. Biz. There you I, go. I'm in Olympia. Washington is our capital city, yeah. and we see armed guards and people around our capital building when we go downtown now. So it's it is an adjustment, 
Um, so, but I guess when, when you think about what has been, when, what has been happening and how close you are to DC, your governor actually helped, uh, helped with the, what they call the insurrection now. And they, your governor actually helped provide some national guard or some sort of police, uh, reinforcements. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. and so I, I think that, that that might have been, I don't know if you guys knew about it or if you found about it later, but what was your later. experience about it? Yeah, well, I've been, you know, he, our governor, so it's Governor Hogan, he is a Republican, but he's been very critical all along of Trump and the divide and the, the um, just all the Twitter stuff, you know, just all the hate speech. Um, so I'm grateful for that. And so we didn't, I did not know until after, you know, that he had sent some troops to help, uh, with the insurrection. So I, I'm, I'm glad that he did, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that I think I am hopeful that the, the country can heal this divide, but I feel like that's a very, it's going to be a long road. Yeah. Well, is hope the solution to worry? Because I do want to get into ways of coping with this stuff. Like you just beautifully summed summed it up. We have a pandemic. We had, well, we didn't even talk about any of the racial stuff that happened in May with the whole George Floyd thing. We had that. We had everything happen with the Capitol. And the wildfires out by you guys too, through all of this. Yeah, in California and and in in Eastern Washington. We've had so much to deal with this year. What has gotten us through? I think this is a good time to reflect about what Mm -hmm. has gotten us through this and possibly are we worried about future chaos? And if we are, which some of us might be, Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that we can take with us when we think about, all right, if something else happens now, brace yourself yeah. and we can ground ourselves. Yeah. What are the things that you are telling your woman warriors, your clients, yourself about yeah. how to be able to cope during this really tough time we're in? Yeah. Well, I think, like you said, hope, like finding things to be hopeful or even and even grateful for. So looking for the positives, being aware that as humans, we tend to skew negative. We remember negative things. We, When we start to get into sort of negative thought patterns, we view the world more negatively. So if we can be more mindful and aware of that, and consciously bring in the positives. So, you know, for me, uh, I work upstairs in my home and I keep my dog like sort of contained in the kitchen because he barks a lot if he's up here and can be disruptive. So each time I go downstairs and he greets me as if this is the first time he's seen me in weeks, like that brings me so much joy. I'm so grateful to have him as my little COVID buddy. Um, And so just being aware that there are things in our lives, even when it feels really hard, that we can find joy and be grateful for. So being more consciously sort of promoting those things in our lives is really important. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think laughter too. I mean, we can get so stuck in all the stress and worry that we forget that 
laughter is such a great natural way to release the hormones that help us feel better. And so if we can, you know, whether it's watching a funny video on YouTube or a, a movie or being around people who are funny that make you laugh, like that I think can really um, uplift your mood even without you trying to too hard to do anything about it. Yeah. You just reminded me of Marsha Linehan, the developer of dialectical behavior therapy. She had a mindfulness practice that she did that was called the Laugh Club. And anybody yeah. who's probably into DBT knows what it is, but she has the, well, one of the most funny laughs ever, contagious oh, really? funny laughs. Yeah, she could probably record her laugh as far as that cackling, like almost, it's not like wicked witchy, but it's it's cackling, it, it makes you laugh. And so she would, she had this uh, laugh club and one of our therapists in our DBT group at the time would play her laugh and we would just do the laugh club for only about a minute. Yeah. And it made us feel like we were buzzing. Our energy had completely changed. And the concept is, is if you just, you don't have anything even funny to look at, say, but you just start laughing. Yeah. And, or you just start smiling, even if, if it doesn't seem appropriate to laugh, your whole energy changes about it. And it is so true. I've tried it a couple of different times and it works. So humor is great. Yeah. Smiling is great. Like you yeah. said, just smiling. My um, There's a few meditations where they suggest like smile like the Buddha. So, you know, even just a gentle smile on your face yeah. can lift your mood. Uh, my my yoga teacher, she will, she often will just post videos of her laughing to just be like, come on, let's laugh. And it just, yeah, it makes you giggle and, and yeah. even watching someone else laugh can make yeah. you feel good. No, I agree. Yeah. The things that, I mean, that's where I find that my mindfulness practice is so helpful. It's like, where, yeah, where, where am I right now? And what am I present with, whether it's outside of nature or in my home, just mm -hmm. really helps me feel more grounded and stable. And oftentimes I can find some gratitude for whatever it is I'm experiencing in that moment. So yeah. That's yeah. Do you have just like the chocolate question of biz, mm. do you have like a go-to mindfulness practice that you either do with clients or that you do personally that just seems to help? And if you could lead us through that, that would be awesome. And I'll try and think of one too. Okay. Well, I think one of the, 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 I don't know if it's simple, but one of the most grounding practices for me is, um, so if you're wherever you are, standing or sitting, just really bringing your attention to your feet on the ground and really noticing the pressure, either whether you're in shoes or socks or barefoot, but just recognizing the contact points of the bottom of your feet on the ground and even closing your eyes and imagining that your feet were really rooted like a tree to the ground and feeling the energy from the earth coming up through your feet into your body and noticing what that feels like. Like that to me is something you can do whether you're in a room with other people or by yourself, but your breath too. I find like um, just mindfulness of the breath can help calm your nervous system, which I think is really, so just paying attention to breathing really can really uh, 
for some people that can be triggering. If you have a lot of anxiety and worry about hyperventilating, that might not be the best, but, but I find it to be, you know, like they would say, you know, takes three slow, deep breaths before you answer. It really helps, you know, it just helps you pause and reconnect mm-hmm. with yourself. Right. Yeah. I know. I love working with the breath. And then there are people who aren't able to hold their breath or they're not able to hold their breath very long. Mm-hmm. But it is true that when we are anxious, we don't breathe well. We hold our breaths and we stop breathing. And so to be able to regulate our breathing here, just to mention again, March, Marsha Linehan at one of the conferences that I was at when she was speaking, she says, well, we want to inhale, and but we want to exhale for more seconds than we inhale. That's what she said. So she says a good way for her to remember it is that she's five foot seven. So she inhales for five seconds and she exhales for seven seconds. And that doesn't help me because I'm only five foot five, but I just (laughs) envision five and seven or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And that is paced breathing, which is actually what she recommends as one of the tip skills, which is the, um, uh, temperature and the um, pace breathing, uh, progressive muscle relaxation. These are the real, like when you are in shock, she nice. recommends that you do that with the breathing with this in five and out seven and do yeah. that a couple of different times. So yeah. working with the breathing, square breathing is another thing that I like to do, square being four equal sides of four. So four inhale, four pause, four exhale and four pause. I love love doing that. Me too. Well, and I think the counting helps too, because it gets your mind Mm -hmm. focusing on that as well as the breath, which I think can be helpful. Exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned visualization, which I wanted to to talk about a little bit more. You said feet on the ground. And I noticed that my both of my feet were kind of curled up in my chair here underneath it. They were not on the ground. And Mm -hmm. I wonder how important that is for most people, I, I should ask them a little bit more, like, where are your feet right now? And that simple, when you said that about the feet, I put my feet on the floor and you said, imagine growing roots and being just noticing the points at which your feet touch the floor and noticing it growing roots that you're connected to the earth. I started feeling a whole lot better. So I'm going to be mindful of my feet now, thanks to you, Biz. <laughs> All right. Well, I love that. I love that. You know, it's even so. What, I mean, I don't know what your weather is like there in Olympia. Beautiful it's, today. It's it's sunny and mild. So if you have a chance, like to to take your shoes and socks off and stand outside and notice your feet on like grass or dirt, that is even that can be even more impactful as really feeling connected to the earth. But I think all both practices are good. I've, I've heard uh, that as well. And that's what they suggest. If you have, well, if you're into the chakra system, you've got root chakra issues, which is safety, community, and a connection, and those, those root things that you need. Mm-hmm. And that's a, one of the things we're missing here. When you mentioned the pandemic and families not knowing if they can gather or not, and the connections that are lost, and some people are feeling very isolated, root chakra things are really great to be able to do. And that's one of the things they tell you to do is take your shoes and socks off, go outside, find some grass or some dirt, mm-hmm. and just put your feet in, in the dirt and become actually grounded. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It it is there. There's a book for therapists. I have it right here. Uh, simple s- self care. I don't know if you can see it. Simple oh, yeah. self care tips for therapists by. Ashley Davis Bush and one of her, you know, suggestions is like between sessions, if you're feeling overwhelmed or tired or yeah, just get outside, get your feet in the grass, take a few slow, deep breaths, and it just can really uh, re-energize and help you feel more grounded. Right. I I think one of my go-tos is the sense of smell. And Mm. just today had uh, whipped up a batch of one of my favorite scent combinations. I call Mm. it my Harmony Blend. And it is a mixture of sage, clove, lavender, and this stuff called uh, great spruce or some sort of a a fur. No, it's grand fur. That's what great, great spruce. (laughs) Grandfather, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tree, and <laughs> and I have that uh, here. And what I do in between sessions is is just spray mm. a couple of mists of that in the air, just to sort of clear the energy from my last appointment. And now, as you know, as we do telehealth, uh, yeah. that 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 energy is coming through the screen, and it's coming through what you see with your clients coming from within yourself. So yes. I like doing that. You know, find yourself a good scent. And I think your body knows when you mm. have a good scent that you like. Kind of like your body knows when when you get a chocolate that you like. <laughs> All the sensory input can really just help you feel more present. Absolutely. Yeah. Not to even mention like music. I guess I'm mentioning it. I say not to mention, but, but <laughs> music and, and sounds. Some people oh, really yeah. resonate with the sound of birds and or ocean sounds, you know, so... I think it's a really great opportunity to to say to yourself, what do I need? How am I going to be able to get support for it? I think that's with with worry and chaos. I think worry can compound. It can create more chaos. And then we can be worried about future chaos, which can just continue yep. to build. I, mean, I think I heard a, I don't know who wrote this, but I don't, you probably heard it. Worry is like a rocking chair. You go back and forth and back and forth, but you never get anywhere. <laughs> I love that. I have not heard that, but oh. that's a great metaphor. Yeah. I don't know who wrote it, but somebody put it on when we had our DBT group, somebody put it on the corner of the whiteboard as a quote. And I love that. Uh, and, and it is a great metaphor. So how how are we going to help each other when we're worried and scared? I guess when you think about worry, it's in the fear family. Mm-hmm. You're worried and scared. And, and how we talk to ourselves and talk to other people at the same time. Uh, any suggestions as far as the cognitive area about how we can talk ourselves out of worry or help ourselves or help others when they're worried? I think... And this is also, you know, part of the mindfulness practice too, is just uh, remembering that even though things feel really, may feel really bad right now, that, that all of this will pass, that, that, that good times and stressful times, they all come and go. This is all part of life. I mean, hopefully the pandemic will not be a constant part of our lives, but this will pass, things will get better. And that when you find yourself stuck in the worry or that feeling that the world is full of chaos to remind yourself that it's not going to stay this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are temporary. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Right. And just knowing also that 
we're with you kind of like I'm feeling this way too. Yes. It really, it's kind of like we're in the same bad boat together. You know? <laughs> it's a validation that, yeah. Yeah, that, that you're not alone. It. Yeah. Yeah. You are I'm feeling alone. it. You're feeling it. We're all feeling it. So yeah, good stuff. Is there anything you'd like to promote any kind of upcoming events or you're, I, I'm going to get the link. I have the link to your woman warriors pop podcast yeah. And any other sort of things that you want me to promote or you want to promote about yourself going forward, Biz? Yeah. Well, I have a uh, newsletter that I send out, and part of the newsletter is just updates on the recent podcast episodes, but I also include a mindfulness tip, so different mindfulness exercises that you can easily bring into your life, uh, and then... Um, with that too, you would get my blog. So it's progressioncounseling.com forward slash Elizabeth's dash newsletter. And I can send you a link to that. Great. And then soon I will be launching my coaching business. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you will get updates on that too. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your coaching business, if you wouldn't mind, just because I think there are a lot of people who are interested in receiving coaching out there. Yeah. Well, my hope is to build, I mean, my plan is I am building a coaching business designed to help women um, live their most authentic lives. So it's finding support around um, and giving support around boundary making, self-compassion, and making the care of yourself a priority in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we tend to be givers and caregivers and and uh, kind of forget about what we need. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Self-care is, that's that whole airplane example, right? You know, don't, don't uh, help you secure your own oxygen mask first before you help the other people with theirs. Yeah. And it's, it's so true that self-care is often neglected, especially for those of us in the helping professions. And absolutely. so as, as far as coaching, would that be individual group or both? Uh, right now it will be individual. Um, so I will be putting together some, you know, kind of packages of, you know, three months or six months and um, hope to get my coaching website up soon. I just hired a website developer. So that will be happening over the next month or so. Fantastic. Again, you know, you're, you're finding new ways to cope with this, the world that we're in and also creating some really cool stuff. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I'm excited to uh, step into this new path of in my career. So thanks. Yeah, yeah. And I love your podcast. It's great. And so please visit Biz. I'll have all of our information in the links below and in the show notes in, in the podcast. And any parting words you'd like to say, Viz, before we sign off? And again, just thank you so much for being here today on Calming the Chaos. I appreciate you coming on. Oh, I really, really appreciate your having me. And um, yeah, I think just to highlight what you said just a few moments ago, that that we're in this together for one, but also know that if you're struggling, you're not alone and there is help out there if you need it. So. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad to do it. I know a lot of helpers are very glad to be helping out in this pandemic. So I just want to say thank you to all the helpers who are out there, medical, mental health, social workers, 
even grocery grocery store workers, Amazon delivery drivers, just people who are pulling together to help all of us through. Absolutely. I agree. All right. Well, you go forward in peace and remember that rocking chair doesn't have to move, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and we will talk soon. As soon as I put my Facebook back up, I will see you. <laughs> oh, awesome. That'd be great. Right. Thank you for listening to Calming the Chaos. If the information in today's podcast was helpful, please consider subscribing and share it with your friends. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and on YouTube. You can also go to my website at www.lokahicounseling.com for more resources for calming your mental and emotional chaos. This includes a CD I created that teaches you how to practice mindfulness in less than 10 minutes. So check it out. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care.